smart cast i'm sasha i'm marie and this is a podcast where we talk about dirty books and trashy books trashy books romance novels because uh-huh. the next one we're reading for next time is a ro- is, is a classical romance novel because uh-huh. it, it says romance oh <laughs> uh-huh. yeah it definitely does not say smut and i think it was copyright was like 1959 yeah so in my head like i mean like people have always been perverts but in my head people were less pervy then or they tried to hide it more so yeah but we'll get we'll get to more about next time's book at the end of the episode today we're finishing up talking about exit to eden by ann rampling aka and rice. rice aka ann roquette and roquelure aka you know, that lady who likes vampires, but not uh-huh. Stephanie Myers. And then had a weird, like, angel religious uh-huh. phase and then got out of it sometime later. I mean, I have to give her some props, though, because she went through her Jesus phase and then right after she finished a Sleeping Beauty. Like, <laughs> it's like, Seriously? it's probably like, oh, I need something to, like, really work that out of my system. I got to go back to my roots. Ooh, this feels good. <laughs> this is real good. Let's talk about ponies. Oh, God. Yeah. No, especially by that point. Yeah so much pony stuff <laughs> like dare i say too much pony stuff so are we saying from like all the things we've read that Anne rice is a horse girl <laughs> i think she might be into pony play yes <laughs> it makes you wonder because she's just so unassuming when you if you've seen pictures of Anne rice mm-hmm. maybe she's the one who drives the ponies oh okay maybe. okay i mean i guess I, I suppose when I write erotica, I would not write people that look like me since I, I'm a fatty and I don't want to see that. You always want to see them lithe bodies. Well, as ponies, maybe. Lithe bodies. <laughs> lithe. Uh-huh. Dude, we were watching the football game last night and one of the announcers was like, look at his lithe body. And I was like, like whoa. <laughs> Take the man out to dinner first or something. Like, let's not use the word lithe, especially when it's college football. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, and, and I imagine the announcer is probably older. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're describing like still adults, but, but still, still just kind of, I feel like probably an unhealthy age gap there and I don't appreciate it and i just don't like hearing yeah live (laughs) i feel like young was in there look at his young live body no i don't want to (laughs) but i mean i do because one of the reasons i watch football for young live bodies (laughs) their pants are just so tight i know they're they're capri pants those pants are god's gift Uh uh-huh although i'm just throwing this out there football Uh basketball how about we go back to the 1970s outfits with the tiny short shorts? Oh, hell yeah. No, I, yeah. Like, I think short shorts are making a comeback, and I support that very yeah, much. Yeah, I'm just saying. Football's on, on point uh-huh. with their tight skin-tight clothes. Basketball, let's get in the game. But, you know, I think if we're just uh, quickly while we're on the stu- subject <laughs> of sports, I do appreciate a good baseball body. Yeah. They kind of have the dad thing going they on. They do have like, dad bods. They got muscle, but it's not like, oh man, that guy's like totally out of mm-hmm. my league and unattainable. It's like they're a little soft. Well, what I also don't get about baseball bodies, they got butts on them. Like, I feel like baseball players all have butts. Which I appreciate. <laughs> I But do you ever watch like watch like a picture on the mound, you're like, Why is his butt so big? <laughs> I, I mean I, whatever. I like it, but it's like what does he do? Uh-huh. I mean maybe because baseball's not like I think super leg intensive. I mean you're running a lot. Yeah. 
So that's where they get the butts from. And then I think like when you're in the field, not waiting for a play, if you're not like, I don't know, six and just spinning around in circles when you're in the outfield, you're <laughs> or, like, you're like squatting, right? Or something. Yeah, I think they are squatting. Yeah. Or maybe if you're like the pitchers, like they kind of have to use their legs and like mm-hmm. push off the mound yeah. a little bit. Yeah, push off the mound. Mm-hmm. I would just like to say that I would love it if outfielders in Major League Baseball were just like, dude, Exactly how I was when yeah. we played softball. They were like, oh, look, a flower. I, I think my mom, for whatever reason, had me, she signed me up for like a painting class. So I think that turned into a thing. I'd be like looking out into the distance, like, like that would make a nice landscape. <laughs> and then they forced me to be a catcher for one inning, which I think was probably to like help resolve my fear of the ball because I was very afraid of getting hit. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like the longest inning of my entire fucking life. I've always been a stocky lass, and I feel like that goes well with catchers. And I was always a goalie, a goalie no. a lot, because you know, it's not about how quick you are; it's about how much space you take up, <laughs> especially in sure. hockey. Because in hockey, ah. the goal is so much smaller, so you're yeah. really a better goalie if you're if you can really take up that goal. Like think if you just put up like a a 600 pound dude in hockey and just like skated him across to the goal, <laughs> just be like, stand there. <laughs> you just have to be able to take a hit at uh-huh. that point. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a podcast where we discuss sports because if it was, it'd be very short because we don't know much. No. But we do know about live bodies, which we see a lot of in Exit to Eden. Boom! Boom. Segway. Segway. Oh, also, disclaimer. We tried our hardest, our darn hardest to get the movie. It's not streaming anywhere. No. Nobody in like a 50 mile radius has it on dvd i think we should try and use our work connections to try and get it yes as I embarrassing as it will, gonna, that will we're be we're gonna try that but as it stands now it will be a bonus episode later just because i think this is my theory rosie o'donnell bought all the copies of it <laughs> because she doesn't want anybody to see her yeah. in her leather daddy outfit which she looks good in. I she's know, rocking she it it's young rosie o'donnell who mm-hmm. was who wasn't bad looking like young roseanne barr was not bad looking either i, I will say in was the movie you made me watch oh a she devil uh-huh she wasn't horrible no well, I think like well, it was like if, especially if you go back to the that time though, yeah. like for the eighties and nineties, like oh my god, these women are huge. It's like yeah, no, they're no. like average. Yeah, I mean Roseanne Barr. Well, Roseanne Barr got bigger. Uh-huh. Rosie O'Donnell, I think, is about the same size. I don't know if she mm-hmm. really got that much bigger. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Rosie O'Donnell in a while though. Like she used to be on my squash team, and then like she just <laughs> stopped showing up because of COVID and uh-huh. whatever. Anyway, back into the book. Exit to Eden, chapter 25. So if you don't remember last episode, we had Elliot and Lisa. Lisa took Elliot off the island, which I assume is Eden. Like, mm-hmm. we, they've never called the island right, Eden. It's always the club. but Yeah, but I think it's Club Eden. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about that, apparently. It's like the unofficial name, <laughs> uh-huh. maybe. So anyway, uh, they escaped to New Orleans. New Orleans? Nolens. Nolens. And New Orleans. Yes. And the club is not happy about it. They're trying to get in contact with Lisa. Lisa's just like, no, I can't. And Elliot's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm having a great ass. So at this point, 
Lisa's just found out that people are following her and people are trying to like get her to come back to the club. They were in a restaurant. There was some sort of like stalker wearing all white leather. <laughs> Real inconspicuous, <laughs> you know? That club, they know how to go undercover. <laughs> and so they decide to go back to the hotel that they're staying at. Along the way, they stop for supplies. And so they're getting ready to like do stuff, I think. And the one thing that stood out to me is Lisa drenches herself in perfume. Like, I feel like she uses an obscene amount of perfume. Yeah. Like, and it's like Chanel number five. Like, so she just smells like old lady. Yeah, Chanel number five was specifically mentioned, and I think that's a boner killer. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but if you wear Chanel number five and you're under eighty, why are you doing that? <laughs> it doesn't smell good. <laughs> well, she is into S and M, so maybe it's like from an olfactory standpoint. She's oh, like, yeah, I'm gonna hurt you with all your no, senses. No, but he seems to like it, and I'm just yeah. like. Yeah. I think it's just different times, I guess. I don't know. You don't think about scents being trendy. Yeah. But kind of, I guess. But they everybody's were. all like, oh, Chanel number five. That's what I'm wearing. I'm like, no, please don't. Mm-hmm. It's just, maybe we're just too young in our love of. You're, you're more of a warm, musky gal, but I think... <laughs> yeah, I'm musky. <laughs> but I don't even think you like Chanel number no, five. No, I remember the first time I smelled it, it was like, ooh, I, like, I think you know, I, probably it's a four or something. Yeah. It was like, ooh, if I let you know the the legendary Chanel number five, then it's just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it's so floral and powdery. It's like I crawled into my grandmother's closet. What mm-hmm. is going on here? Yeah. Just don't. And I think she has like the perfume oil too. So you know that yeah. shit's going to last forever. And she's like rubbing it on her skin. And I'm just like. Lingers. No. Like, stings the nostrils. Just a little. Blesses more sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Koi. Koi scent. <laughs> anyway, they're getting ready to have sex. And then Elliot, they're like making out. And Lisa's like, do whatever you want with me. <sighs> and he does. So what he does. He goes to like the kitchenette and he gets out some butter he bought mm-hmm. and he gets out some cinnamon he bought and then he makes some butter cinnamon spread almost uh-huh. and a, a, a paste, a paste, perhaps? if you will. And then he like rubs it all over her and like licks it off, which Under like her erogenous zones, which, OK, like okay, the so, okay, gross. so gross. like the nips fine. And again, I still think it's weird to just like just cinnamon and butter. Like you're not going to throw some sugar in there. So I guess like more in the book, he like slaps the butter on and then sprinkles cinnamon on top, which is just like, which then I don't know if it would do anything because it's like you have that fat layer from the butter. So I don't know. And then also the cinnamon challenge is a thing for a reason. I imagine (laughs) going to the dip and just being like, (laughs) and then he like puts it on her veg yeah. and i'm just like no like that like if we're assuming that it's tingly uh-huh. like that would be tingly in a bad way i would think and i'm also assuming it's just like some lando lakes he got like, <laughs> it's margarine margarine he's, he's watching his figure marie he's yep. gotta keep it toy these this was the 80s uh-huh. low fat was the craze but i just it just sounds so gross and so horrible and it's yeah. just one of those things where like please don't put butter on me and i think i haven't seen it but i've heard about it last tango in paris i've heard there was some stuff done with butter it was not fully consensual <laughs> just i i don't i don't think it's good it's dairy based it's just it's all natural yeah but it's Ew. And is yeah. it unsalt? Did you get the unsalted butter? <laughs> Was Ew. it salted? So are we baking? Uh huh. 
Why would you get unsalted? And I also assume it's just like gross and cinnamon gets everywhere. It's just, I don't like it. I do not like it. I just kept on thinking, yeah. oh, that's how you get a yeast infection right there. That's a <laughs> Or get a really gnarly rash uh-huh. at the very least. Like, I remember when we were idiots in fifth or sixth grade oh, and we I would lick big, we would lick big, big red wrappers and slap red. them on your forehead uh-huh. and it would just burn like hell and it was kind of like a test of endurance yeah. just that on your fucking genitals no <laughs> on your nips it can't be that comfortable on your nips uh-huh. and he ends up having to blindfold her so she can really release uh-huh. into the cinnamon cinnamon <laughs> toast crunch <laughs> mm, actually cinnamon toast crunch is good well again if, she, if if he makes a little sugar in there put uh-huh. it on some toast <laughs> yeah but, no it's on her boobs uh-huh <sighs> and i also imagine he's like oh it was such a perfect spreadable temperature because we walked from the store but what if you didn't what if you just got <laughs> the butter home and she said solid frozen rock hard of, yeah <laughs> i was like okay i'm just gonna like leave the square on mm-hmm. your boob for a minute we're gonna wait for it to soften like and i know eating butter's a thing and people eat butter we've uh-huh. heard talk of people eat i just no like did i, it, I eat it on a cracker but i wouldn't eat yeah. it on a boob that's <laughs> <sighs> so decadent to each their own i guess and also and also uh-huh. this is right after she like slathered herself oh, in perfume. Yeah, that's true. I Have didn't even think ever about that. Accidentally licked a place where you just put perfume. It I'm is, sure I have, it and it's gross. Yeah, disgusting thing. Yeah, it's just gonna be like bitter. Uh huh. Just and and they're in New Orleans, so she is probably all sweaty and gross. Yeah, so he could have gotten the unsalted butter, and then it would have like evened out. Mm, gross. All right. So they have sex. She puts some fingers up his butt. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Whatever. Don't care. They go dancing. They go back to the hotel. They She doesn't want to go back to the hotel. So they check into a different hotel. And Elliot, like, basically all of this book, Elliot's like, I love you. And she's just like, that's cool. That's cool, bro. Um, Thank you. Thanks. Look over there. I'm going to be over here. Uh, I got other stuff mm-hmm. to do. And so that chapter 25, I feel like he's really coming to terms with like, she's not saying it back mm-hmm. and that's like sad for me and then it like turns into like a, well if this was just like nothing for you and you're just doing this for thrills like you would tell me right and she's like yeah yes god sure. god why do you have to bring love into this i just want to have sex with you chapter 26 they go look at plantation homes and he's like thinking about shit more in this chapter like mm-hmm. while he's wandering the plantation homes like does she really like me? What is the meaning of my life? Is this a joke to her? And they make out in the limo, all of this other stuff. Then they finally go to this like backwater hotel. So this whole time, I'd like to point out, they have a driver to take them to look at plantation <laughs> uh-huh. homes. And then they have the driver. And instead of going back to the safety of what I assume is the driver's home of New Orleans, they right. are just going to like butt fuck out of middle of nowhere, Louisiana. And it's also the kind of thing, like, I imagine the driver doesn't own this limo. Uh (laughs) Unless it's like, this is his own small business and he's his own boss and it's his limo. But I just imagine he doesn't. And it's, yeah, I think we find out later, like, he has to get back. He has family. Yeah. (laughs) And the other thing is, they are making out and basically having sex in the back of this guy's limo. 
Like, sure, limo drivers have seen a lot, though. Yeah, but I'm not cleaning that shit up. That's fair. Which makes me think it was like, okay, like, it's one thing for me to do this, but who has been here before? Yeah. And they're drinking beer the whole time, too. Uh, which is, I mean. And you know what? Actually, from beer this. Beer is so full of filling. Like, and you know what? TMI. Mm hmm beer farts yeah and also it's not good beer i think they're drinking like yeah. miller light or something yeah, or something like some shitty midwestern beer yeah and it's just like cool and now i'm thinking it's 80s beer is that when they still had the pop poppy thingy? i don't know i don't know when those went away because i've always kind of wanted to have a beer like that yeah where you need like the pointy diamond. you need a special tool yeah to open it up and then like Man, why haven't hipsters done that yet? Brewers, get on that. <laughs> uh, so they go to this backwater hotel. They have sex, but there's no real description of it. That's what's weird, I think, about this book is they there's sex in it, mm -hmm. but she doesn't take the time to describe it, which... At least not when it's, like, vanilla. Yeah. It's like, eh, this isn't really worth going into too much detail because it's, they're just having, but, like, quote-unquote vanilla sex. But Anne Rice, this is not what we signed up for. So then there's a moment where, like, a roach skittles across the floor and it freaks Lisa out. And the whole, like, situation seems, like, very odd to me. Like, it was, like... Like an overreaction. Yeah, she freaked out because of the roach. Then he kind of chased her with the roach. And she got all mad at him and he had to break down a door. And I, I don't know. It was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> don't see what the... Yeah. Yeah, like thinking about it, I don't know what the purpose of that I don't know part the of the book yeah. served. I don't know what it served at all. But anyway, since it's the middle of the night, they're kind of like kicked out of the shitty hotel. So they leave the whole shitty hotel. And again, keep in mind, the driver was in the limo this whole time, just chillaxing. Or maybe he had his own room in the shitty hotel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, don't... I would hope so. Because actually, when you think about it, it's like, okay, if they're in Louisiana, yeah. it's probably hot and humid as balls. True. So then, like, I don't know. like, And they have the money. I feel like they probably would have gotten him his own room yeah, with an AC true. unit. Because otherwise, like, yeah, hang out in the hot, humid air in a fucking car. Like, you could mm. sleep in the back. Like, no. no. Especially if you're, like, taking me hostage. I'm insisting that you give me a room. True. And so they're like, okay, driver, I know this is kind of, like, late, but we're going we're gonna to keep on moving. <laughs> and again, at this point, if I was a driver, I'd be like, so you're paying me extra, right? Like, yeah, let, let's, I feel like let's talk about payment. Here. Yeah, I feel like in a way, like later on, I guess it, it kind of feels like, you know, he was chill about it. Yeah. And it would just turn into like, hey, I think I will. Spoiler, but not really. It's like it's not until he's like, hey, I kind of have to get back to Louisiana. Yeah. New Orleans to for like my brother's wedding yeah, or whatever. We to, I I've been having a blast, guys. Uh huh. That you've just been paying well, me this whole time, but and I mean I feel like they both kind of have fuck you money. Yeah. For this, so it's kind of like yeah, we're we're gonna throw obscene amounts of money at you, bro, and just I mean, drive us where we want to go. I guess we want to. Yeah. He's a cat, a limo driver <laughs> in New Orleans in the eighties, so he's probably used to like coke filled binges mm -hmm. of Wall Street assholes lots and lots of yeah. lost weekends so i guess he might get it so they elliot decides he's hungry and they want to go to like some roadside stand so if you're not familiar with like driving down in 
Louisiana. There's usually mm. dudes just with oh, like I'm wearing overalls right now, but picture no shirt. Oh uh, yeah. And then like a big belly, and then just like food, but like oh like the health department's not yeah, involved in this no. situation. It's just like a big old tub of crawfish that he found and boiled. And then maybe some jambalaya his one-toothed grandma made for you mm-hmm. that there may or may not be some rats in. But the rats had flavor, Marie, so don't yeah. worry about it. And so they eat there, and Elliot's in love, and he, he just scarfs down all the food. And then they decide to go to a drive-in movie. And they tell the driver to go sleep in the back, so that's nice. And then Lisa drives the car to basically parts unknown. Mm-hmm. Which... Again, as a driver, if I woke up and I wasn't in fucking Louisiana, I'd be like, ma'am. It's like, um, what the fuck? Uh-huh. Also, ma'am, you need a license, a special license to yeah. drive a limousine. Do you, ha- do you have that? Can you parallel park this bitch? <laughs> Does anyone ever have need to parallel park a limo? San Francisco. I've never seen it done, but... I'll believe you. Yeah, because I mean, well, how else do you park in San Francisco besides paying like fifty dollars for a garage for two hours? If you're in a limo, you can pay. You can afford it. True. Yeah. So Lisa just drives, and again, I feel really uncomfortable with that for the driver, mm-hmm. for Elliot. Not saying that Lisa's a bad driver, but it's a limo. Mm-hmm. It's like this is not like a regular car. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's one of the shorter limos, it's still a limo and not a regular car. Yeah, I still think you need a different class of driver's license. So in chapter twenty-seven, they end up going to Dallas, which I don't quite know what the distance between Dallas and New Orleans is. So let me look. Ah, wrong mouse. Because I think I've actually made the drive from Dallas to New Orleans, but I can't remember how long it was. Mm. Well, and I imagine you probably had stops in yeah. between. And she didn't. I think she must have stopped for, like, coffee at some point. Because it's seven hours. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So she was driving all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need some coffee for that. I'm sorry, but Anne Rice is a lying liar who lies. Because mm-hmm. you know there's cocaine involved in this weekend. Because there's nowhere it can be. And it's the 80s. They're mm-hmm. constantly drinking. They're constantly up all night having sex. They should be hung over all the time because mm-hmm. they're not young. They're but our if, age. You don't get hung over if you never stop drinking. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. But you still need like, how is she able to pull this all nighter to drive yeah. to Dallas unless she has coke? Yeah. Coffee will only get you so far. Or, or speed. Yeah. So, in chapter 27, yeah, they end up in Dallas. They go line dancing. They do a bunch of other shit. They go to a flea market and buy a bunch of quilts and have sex on the quilts. And then, finally, the driver's like, guys, this has been a ball. Blast. Really. Love it. Love you, babes. However, (laughs) my brother's getting married this weekend, and I gots to get back. So... I can leave you here. We can find another driver. Like, what do you want to... like?" Mm-hmm. I just have what to leave. Do? I have to leave. And they're like, fine, we'll go back to New Orleans. And he's like, cool, thank you. Because you basically just kidnapped me for, you know. Probably a week. A week or so. Feels like. Yeah, I, the time is very odd in this. And they never, I think, really go over how long mm-hmm. they're there. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know either. So chapter 28, they go back to New Orleans and lo and behold, Scott and Richard from the club are there waiting for them. And so they talk to Lisa and Lisa's just a mess, crying, sad, blubbering mess. And Lisa insists Elliot goes back to the club because he must kind of like to save face, I feel like. Yeah, that's that's what it felt like. I was like, you know, like we don't want to give the wrong impression to Mm -hmm. all the other guests and the other slaves, I guess. Which I guess makes sense because you you don't want these super rich people like rich people need really harsh boundaries because if you don't give it to them, they end up evading their taxes and living in the Cayman Islands. So that's mm-hmm. why you have to really clamp down on those rich people, Marie. Or they become Jeff Bezos and build a rocket. So <laughs> she's like, I will follow you in a couple of days. I promise you just have to return. And Elliot begrudgingly says, okay. And so we learn by the standards of the club, she's cracked basically, mm-hmm. which means she just can't handle the club anymore right like because yeah the whole point of the club is that it's totally immersive and like yeah and she just can't she can't do it anymore Mm -hmm. so scott and richard tell elliot she's like look she's cracked dude we gotta like figure this shit out and she needs just to be away for a minute like without you which i agree like She's having a mental situation. Yeah. Elliot is not helping that situation because he's just allowing her to get lost again. Elliot's an enabler. He is. Especially with his cheap Midwestern beer. So he does agree to go back, but he's not happy about it at all. And he really doesn't feel like she loves him. And so the past four chapters that we've been summarizing have all been written in Elliot's perspective. And so finally, chapter 29 is a Lisa perspective. So basically after Richard, Elliot, and Scott leave to go back to the island, she's left alone. She does have a little, like, henchman that's following her around and making sure she's okay, which is good, I think, Mm -hmm. in this case especially. So she ends up going to this drag club, it seems like it was. Or, like, I don't know, it's very interesting because i think especially for the time it was written like the language is kind of yeah i guess how like the easiest way to say it's not very politically correct so because i think it's like women who are transgender yeah that you know like i don't know that's just like for the time it's probably like it's very different and i'm sure that like yeah but i I don't know society was vastly different i mean the the closest thing we could equate it to though i feel like is a drag bar but you you have like women who are yeah you know in different stages of their transitions maybe or i don't know but well it's like she's kind of like fascinated by them and she calls Mm -hmm. them angels and yeah and she's she's hella drunk at this point Mm -hmm. and she actually paid to keep the bar open longer but they're just like (laughs) god damn it we just want to go home we're tired (laughs) we're all so tired (laughs) and so she finally is like finds a phone booth and she decides she's gonna call martin and she does math and she's like it's only like midnight in san francisco he's probably yeah it's probably yeah (laughs) <laughs> call him <laughs> basically that's what she said hey, martin who's this hi martin <laughs> i'm afraid and martin's like okay i will come to you you just get home safe like you are clearly shit-faced and are alone in new orleans i you you get home safe mm-hmm. <laughs> and so as as she does because her little 
henchman that's been following her comes over and is like, do you need help, Lisa? And she's like, I need help find more beer. <laughs> uh-huh. also some which dude is with, fun some dude was also hitting on her uh-huh. but she also was just like i'll go back to the hotel if we get more beer <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there yeah so uh he does get her more beer and they go back to the hotel she falls asleep but that's the end of chapter 29 chapter 30 martin arrives and they she even though she's super hungover and she says that she's like ever i mean it was a it's the airport yeah, that sounds good. I'll go meet him at the airport. It's <laughs> <laughs> the right thing to do. Uh, so she meets him at the airport. Then they go to a little Italian restaurant that she thinks Elliot would just love. <laughs> but like he's not here and they didn't discover it when they were there together. So whatever. So she's kind of like trying to explain things, but she can't really explain things. And she just, I don't know. She just doesn't make any sense to Martin. And Martin's just mm-hmm. like, calm down you're at a 10 i need you at a five and i need Mm -hmm. you to calm down Mm -hmm. and so eventually once they're done eating uh dinner they go and talk some more so chapter 31 is just in lisa's perspective again and she's talking to martin and martin's just like oh my god you're so dumb this is so obvious what's going uh, on i can't believe you don't understand this like oh my god like why is this happening to me you're in love with Elliot. I don't understand why you can't understand that. You're really a romantic at heart, just like me. It's not always about the sex. You know mm-hmm. that deep down inside, but apparently you're too thick to get the fact that you love Elliot. And Lisa's like, no, I can't. <laughs> but, but I want to. But I want to. But I want to marry him and be with him forever. And she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. And so she calls Richard to go back to the club and she kind of gets the 411 on what Elliot's been up to. And apparently Mm -hmm. he's just been like living it the fuck up. Right. Because I think they had like this whole thing earlier where they're like, okay, we'll like reintroduce you to the club slowly. Like Uh you can like even spend a couple weeks as just a guest. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you're not going to like go right back into it as yeah. a slave or whatever, but apparently he's just been, like Sasha said, like just living it up. He like, he only wants steaks from California uh-huh. and he's been swimming the whole time. And when he's not yeah. swimming, he's playing tennis and when he's not playing tennis, he's playing golf. And then he's giving them all these ideas for like things. Right. Oh, no. And then it's funny because again, it's like one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, of course he would say this. Like he like, he gives, yeah, like ideas for things. Like he's like, yeah, we need like a maze that you know the slaves can run around in and yeah. people are gonna come and find him or whatever but and like, ah, that's kind of like sleeping beauty yeah and everybody's just like wow he's like really good at this we're actually considering hiring him on as staff and she's like well does he still love me richard and richard's like oh yeah he's still he's still he misses you or, or what he's the just thing like was distracting yeah. himself with everything mm-hmm. yeah that's why he's so intense about yeah. these other things so for some reason, my notes stop at chapter 31, but I know there are more chapters after chapter oh, 31. Oh, shit. So chapter 32. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it could be pretty easily yeah. summed up, I feel like, from this stage. So basically, Lisa goes back to the island. Mm-hmm. And Elliot, when he heard Lisa's coming back, just books it. He's just like, I right. can't be here. But no one tells her. Like, yeah. she gets there and she meets like, okay, I'm going to get all my admin shit out of the way yeah. really quick. 
Well, y'all, y'all work jobs and come back from vacation and are just like, why is there so much paper? Like, can't you guys done anything while I was gone? Like, you what just is- saved all this for me. Yes, I approve the ponies from Switzerland. <laughs> so basically, that's what she had to do. She approved the ponies, and then she was like, what? Elliot said he wants females in the arcade. Valid point. Mm-hmm. But we have to make sure they're comfortable. Right. <laughs> then we're going to make them serve cocktails for a couple weeks beforehand yes. so they can really be sure. And then she also approved of the new games that Elliot came up with for mm-hmm. the arcade and all this other stuff. She makes amends with her big mysterious backer i feel like his name was mr cross or something yeah i don't know and so everything's cool at the club everything's fixed and then like when they're done with this big ass meeting (laughs) oh yeah by the way elliot already left yeah and she's pissed of course so she like bounces off and her original plan was after she got all her affairs settled she was gonna go to venice yeah she yeah she like booked the private jet like Mm -hmm. not clearing it with any of the higher-ups they were just gonna take it but yeah and so she's like well where the fuck did he go Mm -hmm. and everybody's like yeah he took the stupid he went to like the bahamas and then from there he went to san francisco and she's Mm -hmm. like well fuck all right i'm going to san francisco fuel the jet Mm -hmm. and i just like dude jet fuel is not cheap like you can't just be like i'm out bye but i guess this is like the third time she's done it although may i bring up a point the first time when she left with elliot there were two other dudes on the plane right so were they originally like leaving the island and because it made that's the impression i got like i think they were possibly guests that's the impression i got too but at the same time if you're trying to run away from it all why are you bringing two guests with you like Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like oh yeah we saw lisa she bounced in new orleans or maybe like i don't know like shit that's actually a good point because yeah. i feel like to an extent maybe it's less conspicuous to just be like oh yeah we're just all gonna like hop on this jet and well it's I'll less go, conspicuous but... for elliot but it's, i don't think it's less but i mean she could have kind of been like a stowaway possibly hmm i don't know Anyway, so she goes to San Francisco, which is her and Elliot's hometown. Well, technically Berkeley. Don't don't ride my ass about this shit. <laughs> it's Berkeley, Oakland, San Francisco. Yeah. All the fucking same area. Bay Area. Bay Area. Way too expensive to live there now. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes and it turns out Elliot lives like two streets down from her where she grew up. And so she kind of like drives by, she does a drive by of her parents' house and she's like, memories. Not stopping, but Uh, memories. But memories like, hey dad, but not really. Because I guess it's one of those things where she can't really explain, she's, she's never explained what she did to her parents. So her showing up in a fucking limo at like an odd hour of the day would be mm-hmm. a little weird. I get that. So she then goes to Elliot's house. It was just like 10 minutes up the road or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like really close and she goes, steps in and he sees her and he's all pissed. He's a little pissy McPiss pants. <laughs> and then she tries to explain to him. She's like, I didn't know I was in love. And for the record, I totally understand it because she got into the subdom community at like fucking 16 Mm -hmm. she's known nothing but this life it's kind of one of those situations where you needed to go out there and like 
live a more full life like she thinks she's living a full life right but she is not living a full life right maybe if it's only those things yeah. versus like no you need a, a plethora of experience yeah like i get like that's a different experience but it's it's basically if i was only with the same dude since i was 16 like that's that's my one experience bdsm is your one experience mm-hmm. you even though you think you're so all worldly you're not because you're just in the same experience for your whole life mm-hmm. like you're not experiencing how to like argue over what bagels to get on sunday morning mm-hmm. like you you never had that experience so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i just her whole like situation i don't i don't understand to be honest like she's there She's so weird. And so he's like, okay, well, if you said you'll do anything to be with me, marry me. And Elise is like, ah, yeah, so that, let's take a step back. Right. Let's think about this logically uh-huh. for a second. No. And then he's mm-hmm. like, you said you'd do anything. Clearly you, you're a fucking liar who lies. Mm-hmm. And she fin- he finally breaks her down and she agrees to marry him. And then they, the book basically ends with them flying off to parts unknown. Mm-hmm. to get married and other shit so she found her happily ever after elliot says he's okay with her working at the club after they're married which like cool i guess yeah no i mean i think that's kind of the idea behind their whole relationship is mm-hmm. like then like in this way they can kind of more or less have have it all like yeah. they kind of have like the stereotypically quote-unquote like normal relationship yeah deep connection with another person who like kind of gets you but then it also and i mean kinky stuff for what elliot does at being a photojournalist and going all over the world it's kind of it kind of makes sense because he can be gone for like six months on assignment at a time mm-hmm. when she's just at the island so she's not really like missing anything mm-hmm and he's not missing anything right well i think yeah like maybe that's like the key thing is it's like the just this total transparency like who knows if they're just kind of straight up like yeah we're gonna have kind of more or less an open relationship but we're gonna be each other's main squeezes i personally feel like elliot's too jealous yeah to let that happen but i also think like Maybe she can do everything but P and V, and he would be okay with it. You know? Yeah, I was like, oh, you can do stuff with other ladies. That's yeah, fine. Like, I don't know, but basically, that's the end of the book. If I had to summarize this book, it'd be like some dominatrix experiences some real midlife crisis on we mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Finds the man of her dreams, and then they live happily ever after. See, that's like I. <laughs> Sasha was talking about this earlier, uh, where she's like, "Yeah, is that like the real villain of this book on We?" <laughs> Which it is. It, it kind is. of is. There's no like you could say like, "Oh, are the people at the club are they kind of being a little?" I, I don't know if nefarious is the right I word. See, I, don't I don't think don't it think is. Or, they're trying yeah. to do their motherfucking they just, job i guess they kind of like they're they kind of drive the plot because otherwise yeah. who knows like lisa and elliot could have just been cruising around eating and fucking forever yeah but the which thing fun is, like, but she has a job mm-hmm. you can't just get up and leave your job right they're like, kind of there to serve as like hey there's this whole larger organization yeah. that we kind of rely on you for so can you, can <laughs> it's, you like it's not weird. it kind of takes something that's taboo like bdsm and just 
shoves it into this conformity of like corporate America, like right, the, the, like the whole corporate structure uh, of it. Like, oh man, that whip delivery was late. This is gonna really put our numbers down. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it feels like. And then that's why I, th- I think that's what they were trying to frame, where like her life in BDSM has become like a straight life almost, and then mm-hmm. she sees this straight situation where like she can fall in love and get married and she thinks that's the new and exciting thing you know kind of yeah i think i could see that yeah so like she's just tired how exotic Uh uh-huh and i'm just like okay i i get what you're saying Anne rice like anybody can be caught up in ennui (laughs) even if they are living an exciting life on the Mm -hmm. club or or even just kind of like yeah everyone wants love and human Mm -hmm. connection yeah Even, even people like in these communities where you think they wouldn't but I don't ennui. Ennui. That's not what I came here for, Ed Rice. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like if we're talking about like rating. Uh okay, so I, yeah. would, I do say that this book brings the smut. It does bring the smut. There are some good descriptions. Mm-hmm. <sighs> for like PG thirteen R. So I would do R. Yeah. You could probably get away with R. Uh some of the like I would find it very hard to put together a porno entirely based on this movie just because there's too much love and ennui involved. Uh, so it's like there's too much emotional stuff. Uh-huh. Well, now I'm curious what the the actual exit to Eden movie. Well, because is rated it had to have been R, right? I oh, think wait. so. It was PG-13. You no, know, it was rated R. Okay, yeah. So I would definitely do R for like my Goodreads rating of it. So, Anne Rice is a great author. I think she's she's she writes well. Mm-hmm. I have nothing wrong with her as an author. The only problem I have with this is I was expecting Sleeping Beauty type smut, and I got yeah. Vampire Lestat type <laughs> smut. So. Actually, you know, I I think it was like smuttier than the vampire stuff Mm -hmm. because i think like that's like very minor like it does get a little scandalous Mm -hmm. in those books but that's like not the main component but yeah i get what you're saying where it kind of like you think like oh a whole like item or island devoted to bdsm Uh it's it's gonna be smut out the wazoo yeah but there was not like the wazoo was there was not smut out of it there was smut Mm -hmm. halfway up the wazoo maybe because it was not brimming over the wazoo and then kind of out of the wazoo and then back into the wazoo and then out of the wazoo (laughs) but yeah like yeah way too much character development Uh, and like boring ass character development let's walk around new orleans we get it aunt rice you love new orleans (laughs) i don't want to read about someone's date also can we talk about how the stupid movie about gypsies on laser disc never came up that they both loved the stupid movie on Laserdisc about I, gypsies. Yeah. I think that was just kind of mainly to probably like kind of cue trigger us into like ennui. trigger the ennui. <laughs> no, to kind of like you know show like oh they're like personality wise yeah. like they kind of jive already. Like there's already going to be some well, kind of connection between them. Between her and Martin, she's like, oh yeah, I watched that movie about gypsies in Dallas, and it just changed the way I thought about things. And then with all her deep, serious talks with Elliot, neither of them brought up this movie right. that they both Man. recently enjoyed and right. that they had feelings about uh-huh. and whatever. Laser discs, though. <laughs> Laser discs. 
asks. Oh, I think that was another thing. There was like, Elliot has demanded that we add all these titles to our Laserdisc collection. <laughs> oh, and he wants us to have a library mm-hmm. because you know what? This island's more than just about sex. No, Elliot. It's just about sex. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it would just be kind of like, oh, they have a library. Cool. cool. Like, can I fuck in it? <laughs> we've all we've all been to like those hotels or when your Airbnb comes with like a, a, a stock, few books. Oh, a yeah. Few yeah, books, yeah. Or DVDs. Like, yeah. And you're just like, am I supposed to like read these? I'm here for like three days. Right. Do you want me to read this novel? To be fair, I think I have stayed at Airbnbs before that did not have a TV or uh, anything. So I was just kind of like, okay i guess i'll start reading this book i mean i understand movies because it's just something you can do real yeah. quick but like the books i'm just like though i brought my own like i bring my own books when i go on trips like mm-hmm. so i'll have a specific trip book yeah because you don't want to like start a book somewhere and then it's just yeah. like cool i guess i only got three quarters of the way through uh-huh. i guess i'll just leave it now but we're what they call readers we are so uh, if you don't travel with a book clearly we can't be friends <laughs> yeah or yep. a Kindle. I prefer books, though. Yeah, I go both ways. Yeah, you do. My my purse currently has two books in it. And I'm just like, why? What what am I doing with these? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is nice for like if you get stuck somewhere and you're like, oh, I'm I'm not really feeling digging around on my is, phone. I'm literally the worst. I bring my purse to work and back. Same. And then that's it. Same. And then sometimes I will be like, okay, I'm going to run to the doctor's office because I have an appointment. Do I bring my book with me? No. And I'm just like, man, I could have really gone for a book, right? Anyway, good read score yeah. for Exit to Eden. Mm. 3.5. Yeah. I think I gave it like three stars. Yeah, it's not like horrible. It's not amazing. It's not literature. Right. Right. I didn't admit, like I think we kind of both low key admitted to this yeah. where we sort of read ahead and don't tell the other person. Yeah. This was not one of those books where I felt the urge to read ahead. No, it's like again, when your villains on we there's always <laughs> so much you care about. <laughs> now do I feel a sense of ennui? <laughs> well, and the other thing is like it's Sasha, not- editing Sasha, go back and make this a drinking game for people in the beginning. You have to take a shot every time we say ennui. ennui. Well, and then the other thing for me is just like, it's poor little rich girl syndrome too. It's mm. like, you have everything you want, bitch. And you're still not happy. Ennui. Ennui. <laughs> <laughs> like, she makes six figures a year. Yeah. Like, in the 80s. If you're over this shit, then leave. Like, I don't... Talk to a psychiatrist. Help yourself. Yeah. Like, you can clearly afford it. Mm-hmm. So whatever. So that's why I, I went lower because yeah. no real villain. Except on we. <laughs> um, so the next book we're reading, there are real villains, I believe. Okay. It is an old school romance novel. It is Catherine by Anya Seton. And I'm looking at the Goodreads of it right now. And so it's a classic romance novel set in the 14th century of Chaucer and the Black Death. So the reason we're doing this is because I'm a history nerd. I had a history podcast before I had this podcast. And then somebody was a bitch and bitched out. 
Sean. Uh, you <laughs> bitch. Yeah. And one of our favorite podcasts is doing the Summer of History, and they did a four-part series on the Black Death. So because I'm a loser and a nerd, I decided I needed to read the book they based their four-part series on the Black Death on. Mm-hmm. Not Catherine, but a different book called Great Mortality. So I read all that. So I have a bunch of plague knowledge swimming mm-hmm. in this brain, and I need to connect it to smut somehow, but not in like... A sexual way. <laughs> yeah, like or like the plague is incidental. It's not uh-huh. central no, to the smut. No, they do mention the, the plague several times, but I think it's one of those things where it has... It's affecting the smut because of the time, and if you weren't affected by the plague in the 14th century, were you like... Were you even there, man? Yeah, were, you were probably a Native American in like the heart of Kansas, because there's no way like... You weren't affected if you were European or Asian, Asian. to be honest. I, Africa, I not so much. I don't think it made it no, there. Not so. Okay. It made it to. Pro- like, I bet probably like around like the Mediterranean yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, it made it there. I think, but it's basically a book about like knights and like princesses and chivalry shit. and shit. Yeah, and it's supposed to be based off the real life like love story of Catherine Swinefort and John of Ga- Gaunt. Or the Duke of Lancaster, the ancestors of most of the British royal family. So, like, they were hot. And then, like, history and inbreeding just made them not hot anymore. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> no, wait. Harry's the one that's not technically... Because Harry... Harry's the redhead. And yeah. there, there are rumors, I there think, There are rumors. That, and I yeah. I thoroughly believe them because oh, yeah. I am sorry. Yeah. He does not look uh-huh. like a Windsor. No. No, no. Well, no, 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 no. Which, I mean, yeah, I get, like, kind of good for him. But, yeah. and, you know, and then it's kind of like... I, I'm sure it's, like, a deep deep family secret where like the, for pr reasons they're never gonna cop to it and be like oh yeah he he's a product See, of an but affair why wouldn't they because like right now he's having this uh, whole thing where he's leaving the family and i just want them to be like well, even part of the family to begin with fuck that guy but yeah so we're gonna be reading Catherine. i have high hopes for it it's less smutty more romance novelly but uh, like the plot is good yeah it was first published in 1954 i've read the first chapter or so and i you know i love me a nice historic novel i guess mm-hmm. i read pillars of the earth actually i fucking hated pillars of the earth <laughs> i still i still have not read that i think i i was given that book you maybe know, 15 years ago you know and you, i don't need yeah. marie huh. a chapter on architecture and buttresses well, I'm an art history nerd, so I yeah I would maybe probably you'd like, like that, it, but actually, fuck shit. maybe after this I'll give it a try. I know the the TV series they made for Pillars of the Earth had that one Mr. Darcy from the new adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, okay, I like him. Yeah, he's cute. He's cute in like a normal guy way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so reading Catherine by scroll up, Ugh, wrong mouse by Anya Setin. Anya Satin, and we'll be reading chapters one through eight for the next episode. Stopping uh, at chapter nine. Don't yes, read chapter nine. Don't yet. read chapter nine, you monster. Unless you want to, I guess you could sit and read the whole thing. We might sprinkle some some history in there, maybe. We might that not go too fun. crazy. Yeah. We'll see what we have. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see what happens. Because also that history is very like obs- <sighs> I I can't. It's obscure to me. I can't like put my 
like I can't visualize it very well just because there's so many like Earl of Gloucestershire married the fourth cousin of the Earl of Bloody uh, Blah. Uh-huh. And then he you need did to diagram this. it out. Yeah. And I only want to be diagramming sex scenes, Marie. <laughs> Fair. That's all we should be doing in this podcast. Uh-huh. Hey Marie. Hey Sasha. Get the fuck out of my house. After I find a spotter. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Always have a